Let the words of my lips and the meditation of our hearts be acceptable to you, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. I feel this, this need to, to continue to unpack what feels like our present context. Not necessarily what is happening, or, or maybe I'm not willing to, to say that I am an expert with any clear understanding, but more of an observation to where we as a people who are in relationship with each other and other people find ourselves on this Sunday morning. All of us, or, or almost all of us, probably have supercomputers in our pockets that can tell us everything happening in the world in, in just an instant click. And, and so we are much more aware in ways that others before us were not about how difficult it is to live together. And last week, Mary B. beautifully acknowledged the atrocities of evil and, and war and terrorism that have been filling our feeds and news stories. And we prayed together to, to see our agency and what we can do, at least to the, to the, in proximity to the people that we love and care about. And it seems like it's important to continue this theological reflection as we wrestle with our own ways of being present, of being compassionate and being faithful in such a time as this. And it's worth reflecting because I think we're all discerning what it means to be both faithful and human. And we're much more aware of what's happening, and so that, inter, that intersection. And I'm, um, at least me personally, I'm, I'm finding the gospel helpful this week. So I want to position ourselves in Israel-Palestine at the time of the Roman occupation during Jesus' life. And because we hear about many of these regions in Scripture, and so it's worth kind of looking... It's worth going back when, at least to some level, the, the Jewish people lived uh, with a symbiotic relationship with, um, with the Roman Empire, at least until the year 66 when Nero was, um, was the emperor. And I know that's, that's looking somewhat with a rose-colored lens, but at that point, Judaism was a legal religion and people could live within their their communities and exercise their beliefs in peace as long as they were supportive of the government. Now, I'm oversimplifying the story, but it's important to consider this when we get to Holy Week and the crucifixion. So I'm going to fast forward to March of next year, but when we hear the story during Holy Week, Pilate, who's the Roman prefect or the governor of Judea, he was responsible for tax collection and justice and a sense of public order. The religious leaders, they were able to kind of operate within their own system and they were threatened by Jesus and his constant criticism of, of their very leadership. And so they wanted Pilate to handle Jesus. Pilate wanted the religious leaders to deal with him. In our gospel today, which takes place some period before that, but it exposes that tension. If the religious leaders can trick Jesus into saying that the people shouldn't support the Roman government, 
then the, then the Romans will respond in some way that will remove the menace of Jesus. And yet, if Jesus says that he is fully supportive of the Roman government, he can't be the religious revolutionary that people are claiming him to be, relinquishing his own authority. Which is where we hear this response. Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor, and to God the things that are God's. And they're amazed and they leave going away. His answer is compelling. He exposes the hypocrisy of those asking the question, and yet beautifully acknowledges the complexities of living in an imperial world where God is always at work. One of the commentaries I read offered that from Matthew's perspective, the goal of life is not merely to defeat the empire or adopt an all-or-nothing policy, but to love people, including enemies, to strive after God, kingdom, and righteousness, and live in hope between now and the future. I offer these reflections on the gospel text because I share with you as our as our hearts break open with all of the pain and suffering that we are witnessing in our world. The violence in Israel from the taking of innocent Jewish lives to the Palestinian hospital that was attacked in Gaza to the continued war and loss in the Ukraine and other places of violence in our world. And I know that we pray for peace and reconciliation. But I feel compelled today to, to, to caution us against what it feels like is happening in many conversations. And, and that is a sense of positioning ourselves to be right. And I, and I offer this because I think most of y'all know this. I preach to myself. <laughs> I'm telling myself what not to do when I catch myself doing something. And, and sometimes that seems like other people are having that same dilemma in their head. So... I'm preaching to myself, but I feel there is this tension to always be right and claim with some moral agency who is right and wrong, as if our world is black and white, and all of a sudden I want to be an expert or we want to be experts on foreign policy, and I've noticed that most of us have really strong opinions. And maybe sometimes it feels like we care more about being right than actually having our hearts broken open to be the agents of peace and reconciliation that we're called to be. Which is why I find the text helpful this Sunday. It reminds us that we live in a complicated world where we still have to be citizens, and participate in our world as opposed to distancing ourselves from it. But the gospel way is still an alternative way. Jesus wasn't the revolutionary military leader that stabilized his country through force, something that many had wished for and expected for hundreds of years. No, he offered a, he offered a way of being where love was the defining ethic, where peace was ushered in through self-sacrifice and humility, and where God is with those who are suffering, and God actually suffered on the cross too. Which 
raises the question of where do we see ourselves and where do we see God in the landscape of violence and war. We know that God is with every person who is suffering, with each person that is grieving and hurting and living in anguish. But what is our Christian response to the conflict in our world? Three small considerations for us this morning that maybe we're already there, but I think that help frame our response. One, there's a Christian response of grieving, to grieve with those who are hurting. Regardless if they're Jewish or Muslim or Christian friends, we grieve with those who are hurting, especially those in our community that have friends and family that are proximate to violence. The second's a little bit more complex, that we should examine our choices, most importantly, our voice. What can we speak to and what is for others to speak to? To heed the wisdom of our gospel text this week and acknowledge that every dilemma doesn't need an answer. Instead, it needs our love and compassion and prayer. And the third that stems from that, the response is to be advocates for peace and reconciliation. While we don't have to have all of the answers, we are called to see the way of humility and compassion is our own way. A simple question. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? And yet a profound vision for living in a complex world. To do what is faithful, to be a good citizen. And remember, it's not the answer that we have to have, but a response grounded in love. Amen.